This is my body. These words of Jesus are not just then, but they are also now. In the Jewish notion of remembrance, the idea is that when we to remember something is to allow it to be present to us now, or we are made present there. So if you've ever been to a Seder supper, kind of the Jewish Passover remembrance nowadays, it's at one point the youngest boy says, why is this night different from every other night? Which is different than saying, why is that night 2,000 years ago different from, you know, why is this night different from that night, you know? He's saying, no, why is this night? That on this night, when God delivers us from our oppressors, who frees us from slavery. And so when we gather for the Eucharist, that we are present at the Last Supper. So when Jesus says, this is my body, that Jesus says it again today through the actions of the priest in persona Christi, that it's Christ saying, this is my body, that we are at the Last Supper. And, yeah, so he's saying this, and, and just distinction is, he doesn't say this is to help you remember what I did, this is a symbol of me offering myself. He says, this is my body. One way that I like to explain this, the college students know, is uh, if you've seen the movie Bruce Almighty, there's a scene in the, in the, in the movie where he kind of, God, you know, gives him the powers just so he can see what it's like. And he goes into a cafe, a little diner, and he has a bowl of soup. And he says to the waitress, excuse me. Do you have a spoon? And as he says the word spoon, a spoon comes out of his mouth. <laughs> you, that the word speaks and it comes to be. That in the beginning when God said tree, there was a tree. When God said dog, when he said man, that a, a man came to be. And so when Jesus says, this is my body, he's the one with power over word. He is the word. His power over all things that it becomes, it is his body. But in an interesting way, the disciples, when they looked at Jesus, they saw a human being. They didn't see God. In a similar way today, you and I, we look after the consecration at what looks like bread, and we don't see the reality of God. And the signal for us, we do it nicely here, the, the, the students, the servers love this at Mass, that the signal that God is present in a very real way is the ringing of bells. So there's the first ringing of bells during the Epiclesis when we call down the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, during the elevations of the what was bread and wine, but is no longer, now it is Jesus, as Jesus is raised up, that the bells are rung to signal that God is present, that the people are to come and to adore, that this incredible gift that we've been given.
And what Jesus wants to do, the reason he comes, is because he wants us to receive him. I, sometimes I think about this, that, you know, Jesus, it would be so much better if you were standing here in front of us, and you could just tell everybody. Everybody would just believe you. And, and Jesus, in God's perfect wisdom, he ascends to the Father, so that rather than having Jesus standing here, that Jesus wants to sit here in our hands so that we might receive him here within us, that I might experience God with me, God's strength, God's peace that I need. And St. Augustine says that when, when you and I eat ordinary food, like when I, when I ate my banana for breakfast this morning, you know, that the banana is absorbed into the greater. The banana became f- part of Father Matt, you know? Um, the lesser is absorbed into the greater. When you and I receive Jesus in the Eucharist, the lesser is absorbed into the greater. That we become what we receive. That the more we receive Jesus in the sacrament of the Eucharist, the more we become like Jesus. With his grace, with his healing, with his peace, with his joy, with his strength. That I need more of him because I know how weak I am. That's why the church encourages frequent communion as often as possible. And I know that when, you know, when, when I was younger and I'd get away from communion, that I just, you feel weaker. You, you feel less strength to do what you want, what you know is good. What's beautiful about Jesus coming to us in the Eucharist is it's not just at Mass that when Jesus comes in the, the, the bread and wine no longer, his body and blood, that his presence remains even after Mass. And so we can come and visit him in the tabernacle. I, uh, I think it's beautiful. I know this is how I discern my vocation to the priesthood at OLPH in Scottsdale because they have perpetual adoration. And so I made the decision, I knew how weak I was in kind of that time in my life, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to stop by, even if it's just two minutes to sit in the chapel. I remember reading about St. Therese doing that. And, and it, you know, sometimes, many, some nights it was much, much longer, usually it was, but that's where the Lord really just spoke to me, and I realized that he was the one who could satisfy me. And I remember even as a, as a young man, there's times... You know, when in college and beyond, when you just feel kind of weak and broken, like everything's crumbling around you. And I would sit there in the chapel and I would look at Jesus, who had taken the form of crushed wheat. That Jesus knows what it is to be crushed, to feel broken. And I would sit there and I'd be like, Lord, I feel so broken and weak. And he's like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. I know all about that. And I realized that the Lord didn't have to do that, but he chose to allow himself, to submit himself to that suffering, to that brokenness, so that when I was going through my own brokenness, that I would know that I am not alone. And so Jesus comes to us as as bread for the journey. And I think it's beautiful that Adoration has become such a, a part of the culture here at the Newman Center during the year, Monday to Friday, all throughout the day. And, and it's almost like a, a little mark when, um, when students, they know that there's perpetual adoration up on the hill. 
And, and when they ask about it, and if you ask the right person, then they will give you the code. You know, like, you can, you can go, you can get in at like 2 a.m., you know, when you can't sleep, or, or you just had a hard day and you feel beaten up by life. If, if we have a hard day and we feel beaten up by life, who wants to hear all about it? The Lord. That's, what, that's the power of adoration that we have. Archbishop Fulton Sheen said that just as we cannot go into the sun for an hour and not be changed, that we cannot go before the Son of God for an hour and not be changed. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to change us into a better us, into um, just what we are made for, who we truly are. And the more we've received, the more we become like him. There's a story of this uh, Catholic gentleman one day walking down the street with his friend who was not Catholic, and they passed in front of a Catholic church. And the friend observed how people were kind of coming and going, like they had a meeting. He's like, oh, you guys have church today or something? And the guy's like, no. He's <laughs> like, well, why are these people? They look like they're going to a meeting or something. And he says, well, oh, because in the Catholic Church that Jesus remains after Mass and so we can go visit him in the tabernacle. So people are going to spend time with God. And at that, the friend stopped. And the Catholic guy said, looked at him like, what's going on? And he said, friend, I, I don't believe what you believe, but if I did, I would go into that church, fall on my knees, and never get up. That the God of the universe is right there. Friends, today and every time we gather for Mass, Jesus says to us, he gives us, he says, this is my body. For us to adore, to know that we're not alone, that God is with us, that God is guiding everything, even this moment. And God desires us to receive him, and by his grace, more and more, to become like him.